Welcome to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I'm Ben Montgomery. Joining me is the man, well, all he wants is everything. Here's my co-host from the left coast, <laughs> Wayne Fugate. Hola, Ben. I mean. So for this episode, we have a special guest. He's a referral from one of our favorites, Adam Wright. The most, His most recent record is called All My Shame. Just came out a couple weeks ago. So please welcome to the podcast, Mondo Signs. Hello. How are we doing? Doing good. Doing good today. How are so, y'all doing? We're doing all right. Good. So, um, I'm uh, been doing some landscaping work outside, so uh-huh. um, I still have my hat and my my uh, workout shirt on. So, um, is it getting warm down there? It's uh, it's been in the 80s lately down here in Florida. So, yeah. I'm making all of my friends who are not here in Florida super jealous. So, yeah. Not a, not intending to make them jealous, but it just um, yeah, it just happens. Well, I was more jealous a couple of weeks ago when it was uh, snowing yes. and icy here, uh, but I'm still a little bit jealous. I'm say. <laughs> All right. Well, premise of our podcast fairly simple. We talk about music, but as we do at the beginning of each episode, I ask the all important question. We're going to start with Wayne. What T-shirt are you wearing? I am wearing a shirt from a local record store, High Voltage Records in Tacoma, Washington. Excellent. All right. Uh, Mondo, how about you? What t-shirt have, are you wearing? I have a Bobby's Idle Hour t-shirt. It's a bar uh, not far from where I'm uh, sitting right now uh, here in, in Midtown, Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, they just reopened a new location and they let me do a, a podcast there during 2020 where I had some people, uh, some guests sing some songs and tell stories so it's available on my youtube if you're interested but yes bobby's idol hour very good very good little little promotion as as well yeah a little bit sure <laughs> i hope that's well, okay oh sure they deserve it that's absolutely that's that's what this first portion of uh of the podcast is all about is promoting uh, promoting our guests so um, all right, so my T-shirt, I've worn it before, so um, I'm wearing my BC Boys Check Your Head uh, nice. T-shirt. So Beasties. I don't know how it, I don't know how it fits into Jellyfish or, or you, Mondo, but um, you know yeah. what? It's all kind of. Uh, I think that I, I went to the Beastie Boys uh, concert. Um, I was in the eighth grade for the License to Ill tour and fishbone opened so there's a connection fishbone and jellyfish i saw him on that tour too oh cool yeah it's all connected music's all connected it's all yeah it's all connected at some point there you go all right well i uh i want to talk about your new album but i spent some uh some time on your website looking at your resume uh listening to some of the songs that you listed that you've either written or you've co-written with other artists and all i can say is um pretty dang impressive well thank you you know it you, you don't it's one of the things you don't realize what you've accomplished until someone puts it on a, a piece of paper so that's cool i've been doing this all, you know a, a while now and it's i've been lucky to work with uh really great people so i'm glad there's some songs out there and if people want to um to to have a really good playlist so I, I created a Spotify playlist of some of the songs that you've uh, that that you've worked on. 
Oh, and cool. I was I was listening in it listening to it in my car as I was running errands today, and all I can say is um, that's a good mixtape. You know what? I did a similar thing not too long ago, um, just because you know they, uh, I wanted to do more playlists and stuff. And yeah, I did some of that. Uh, just kind of revisited a lot of those, and, and uh, yeah, thank you so much. That uh, there's different variations of, of stuff. You know, I could different songs with different artists, and you, I could probably do another few versions of, of the playlist. Um, but thanks for doing that. That's pretty cool. Absolutely. Um, so you've worked with. Um, the Oak Ridge Boys. Well, sort of. I wrote a song. You with wrote my, a song for him with my yeah. friend Aaron Retier, um, who writes for uh, Dave Cobb across the street here. And Dave Cobb was producing the Oak Ridge Boys, and they needed uh, they needed a song, you know, like looking for some kind of gospel uh, number. So me and Aaron wrote a song, and uh, next thing you know, I think later that day, Aaron texted me, goes, "Hey, I think they're going to cut this song." So they ended up uh, putting brand new star on their on their on their next record. Very cool. Um, you've done uh, Leanne Womack's done a couple of your songs. Have Have you worked with her? I know Adam Wright has. Sure. Yeah, we all uh, have, Adam's worked with her a lot more than me, but uh, yeah. me and Leanne have, have written a handful of times, and uh, she. Uh, that first time, one of the first bigger uh, cuts I had was her doing uh, my song "When I Come Around." Um, it was just a song from my first record uh, that she 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 put uh, on on her record. So you know, and we're friends. We're all friends, you know. So we've worked together off and on, and we've we've written, you know, a few times. Yeah. Um, Midland, they did your song "Roll Away." Yes, I met those guys before they even had a record deal. They they came through Nashville and they had a bunch of meetings in co-writes and I was lucky enough to be able to write a song with them and I'm you know what? It was it's been since maybe 2013 when this happened. So I didn't even know they remembered writing the song, you know, cuz so much <laughs> has happened with them since then, you know. And then next thing I know they they recorded the song and I had to go back and you know look up the song because i hadn't it's it literally hadn't listened to it since we wrote it so that was a nice surprise that's cool and then i listened to your song uh here we go again that you uh did with bart crow now did you listen to bart's spotify commentary that he did about the making of the parade no i don't haven't what is it interesting well he mentioned that one of you and he didn't say which one (laughs) slept in a van and then came in and helped write the song oh that must have been him because he was <laughs> he was traveling through nashville um i don't think i slept in my van that night so i would say that was probably him <laughs> parked outside <laughs> i wish i would have known that i would have helped him out i didn't know that wow that's that's, that's funny <laughs> yeah we get a, we get a lot of you know all my friends from texas they come through here all the time and I, I keep forgetting, you know, that they're on the road, you know, and I'm at home and, and yeah. you know, they're scrambling for places to stay and stuff. And you, it looks like you've also written a couple songs with uh, with our buddy Rob Baird. Yes, Rob. Uh, yeah, I've written with him a few times and he's, you know, he's been nice enough to cut a couple songs of mine that we hadn't written together. And uh, we're still good friends, you know, he's down there in Austin now. Um uh, 
uh, but yeah, he's a very, very good friend of mine. Yeah, we had him on uh, a couple months ago. Oh, cool. What record? Uh, we did Waylon Jennings, Honky nice. Tonk Heroes. Great. Yeah. Which um, I was expecting you, based off of your, your pedigree, I was expecting your record choice to be somewhat in that vein, but um, you surprised us. I, I, yeah, I, I surprised surprise. I surprised myself because you know what I I'll, I could have uh, I, I definitely thought about doing something more on the, in the country world or something more I, I don't want to say predictable but something that you, you would have thought and uh, I just I was just thinking about records that that were important to me and a lot of most of them were you know I listened to before I started playing music seriously and this this one it's just the one I keep forgetting how much I dug it when I first heard it. And, uh, and, you know, my new record, I think, has a lot of influences uh, that, I, that I'd forgotten about. They just kind of surfaced. So uh, I'm glad I remembered uh, this record and, and, uh, dug, and digging into it all over again was so much fun because I hadn't listened to it in, in, in years. Yeah, I'm, and maybe I'm jumping the gun a little bit because we haven't talked about your album. But, I, but since we were talking about songs that you've written... I I was just trying to trying to figure out. Okay, um, you picked a jellyfish record to talk about, but you're really in the country Americana um, world. So, like, what kind of elements are you bringing from, you know, bands like Jellyfish that I would I would consider them a power pop type of band? Sure, power pop, uh, but you know, basically. Any any song that really um, catches my interest has good melodies, whether it's a, a power pop yeah. song, a country song, or a punk song, and and the melodies with them are just so um, interesting, and their harmonies are amazing, and um, you can tell they pull from from influences. Oh sure, um, yeah, yeah we'll obviously, and uh, you know, and I just I try to be melodic with every you know as, as best I can and. I think anybody who who loves melody, uh, regardless of your genre, would would appreciate this record for the writing, and then the melodies. Yeah, for sure. All right, so um, so listing off all those songs that you've done with other people, that's just a really long way of me getting to this question. So what? Why now? Why now an album of your own material? Because I the last album that you cut was what twenty thirteen Studebaker. Yeah, and I've been talking about this a lot, you know, with different interviews and stuff, and my only explanation is, you know, I just lost track of time because I think when you get caught up in, in songwriter world here in Nashville and you, you write songs every day with different people and, and, and you write on your own as well, you just I think you just lose track and you just get caught up in, in songwriter world, which is completely fine because... You know, you have a lot of different songs you can go back and revisit, and 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 hopefully they find a home. Um, but I am definitely going to try to change that um, mentality and and focus more on my artistry, and 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 hopefully get a, a record out, another record out within the next couple of years. You know, I, I, eight years is just way too long, and I just didn't realize. And plus, with COVID and everything, you know, definitely lost a year there uh, yeah. putting it out, but. Uh, yeah, I can't believe it's been that long since Studebaker. Because Studebaker, you know, it's, it's still pretty fresh to me uh, for whatever reason. 
Yeah, it doesn't sound like it's a it's an album from eight or nine years ago. Yeah, well, that's good. I mean, I you know, I, I'm glad it didn't lose its timeliness uh, somehow, and and I'm just glad to have some music out there. Yeah. Hey, uh, this this new album of yours, you worked with uh, former Wilco drummer Ken Coomer on this album? Yeah, Ken, and I've known Ken for years. We did some work together. Uh, before I moved to Nashville, I would I would I was living in Houston, but I would come up to Nashville and, and do some writing and, and recording, and I did some work with Ken, just some a uh, few sides. And we were just going to do an EP here, uh, you know, because, like I said, we... I hadn't had music out in so long. I just wanted to get some content up there. So we're just going to do an EP. Um, And maybe that's why we took a few more chances than we would have normally had I just thought I was making a record. Um, But next thing you know, I I was just really happy with the way things were going. So we just, we did a full length record. Uh, And I'm glad we did. Uh, It was, uh, took a little longer to get it out. um, But I'm, I'm glad we did it that way. Yeah. Um, if if anyone listens to us on a regular basis, they know that I'm a huge Wilco nerd. Um, Why are we? We're all Wilco nerds, you know. I just they're, you forget how important they important they were to so many yeah. people. Now Wayne Kent Kent's worked on a number of Will Hogue records. Just so no, you know, cool. So also known as our White Well for guests. <laughs> <laughs> We've been trying to get Will on forever. Um, he's I wrote with him a few months ago. He's hard. He's hard to track down sometimes. Uh, yeah, I know. We 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 found that out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let let's uh, let's chat new record. So deep end. That's probably my favorite on the record. That's the album opener. Um, so like, what's the what's the story behind the the lyrics on that one? Is that about a relationship or is that about um, kind of where we're at in the U.S. right now with being in the deep. Well, you know, and and it's well, yeah, you know who I wrote that with is Adam Adam's wife Shannon, okay. Adam Wright's yeah. wife. Uh, yeah, that's the the first line in that song, which is actually the first line in the whole record, makes a gun reference, a, a gun metaphor, and, and I hope that doesn't uh, people give people the wrong impression, but it's just basically a metaphor for putting down childish things. Um, and, and taking on uh, responsibility with things uh, that there's, you know, where the where the consequences, you know, the stakes are higher. It's a love song basically about uh, treating love responsibly when it when it reaches a certain point um, and the freedoms that come with that, but also uh, the consequences too. So so no longer being in the waiting pool. Now you're graduating to, right. to deeper areas. Yes, there's a training wheel reference. Yeah. There's a playing house. Uh, you know, it's just a, it's a love song.
Actually, I'm looking at your track list again, and I think As I Watch You Drift Away might be my favorite, not The Deep End. Um, oh, okay. Well, it's, yeah. It's a beautiful song. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes, that was a, a funny. That turned out, you know, when I wrote that song, I wrote it um, a few years ago. And when I wrote it, I had, and even when you look at the, listen to the work tape, it's more of a driving, tangled up in blue kind of feel. Yeah. And, uh, but Ken slowed it down, and, and I'm glad he did. It just makes it more. Uh, let's the song breathe more and yeah I like I like the way that track turned out so I'm, I'm glad you dig it who's providing the female vocals on that one Maureen Murphy and I hadn't uh, you know this is interesting she when we were doing that song I had never met her before and she came in the studio and she was um, starting to warm up her vocal you know to this that's this song we're talking about and and uh, she uh, she would stop singing for a second and we were wondering if something was wrong with the mic or something. It turns out she was, uh, I guess she was reading the lyrics or whatever and she got, she got a little emotional with that song, which is uh, weird. You know, it was cool because it was, it was a little uncomfortable because we didn't know each other, but it was also quite beautiful because the song uh, touched her immediately. So I hope she didn't mind me telling that story. No, I think it comes, I think it comes through in her vocals. Um, yeah yeah it's a it's a beautifully emotional song so I, I dig it thank you standing at the intersection of a western street one way leads to the valley the other the sea Just to think there's only one way home Everything you had is gone And now you're free And the truck stop waitresses You can call me Louise I said thank you ma'am Or coffee if you please She laughed like a broken dream On the cover of a magazine She used to Wayne, did you get a, did you get a chance to uh, listen to Mondo's album? Uh, absolutely, a couple times. My favorite's Cautionary Tale. Um, Thank you. But I also loved uh, as as I watch you slowly drift away, as well as the cover of uh, Rainbow in the Dark that got me on a Dio kick this last couple of days. Yeah, <laughs> I was on a D. I've been on a Dio kick off and on since I was a kid, and uh, that was my first concert ever. I was only in the fifth grade, and. Uh, I, I have forgot. I never knew how great those songs were, those lyrics, and, until it was Ken's idea to do that song. And I'd always, I'd always known the lyrics enough to sing along to it, but never really had to, you know, really uh, study them. And uh, wow, what what great writing that is! Yeah, was it that, Ken? What was it Ken's idea to also dial back the uh, the 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 chorus? Because Ronnie. Ronnie Wales. Yeah, no, I wasn't gonna. You know, it's weird because the the song I do the song in the same key, but I'm obviously not wailing like like Ronnie. Um, 
but Ken even made me go uh, bring it back a little more. The first uh, chorus, I kind of sing it in a lower register than the other two times, and uh, Ken uh, uh, asked me to do that to just kind of hold back. And even slowing down the song was hard for me to do, uh, just because you're so, you're so used to it having such a pocket and uh, driving. And uh, but once I slowed it down and I got comfortable with it, and uh, listening back, I'm real happy uh, with how it turned out. Um, that tempo and that it's still kind of driving, but more in a, a songwriter songwritery um, finger picking style. Yeah, and so my question is, when you play this for for people, you know, in the country Americana world, who may not be completely familiar with dio what 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 are their reactions to that well i was surprised because i was concerned not concerned but i didn't know how many people would actually be familiar uh with dio that you know people younger than me um but you'd be i've been surprised a lot of people talk about friends of mine that i write with and, and work with they're younger than me but they tell me that 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 was one of my friends told me that's my dad's favorite song, you know, stuff like that. I think I think Dio is a a bigger uh, presence, I think, than than even I realized. Just a lot of people are, are familiar with that song, uh, and once they're once they realize that that that's the song that I'm doing, everybody seems to really uh, enjoy it and connect with it. Do your demons, do they ever let you go? When you've tried, do they hide deep inside someone that you know? Is your picture an image caught in time? We're alive, you and I. No sign of the morning coming Been left on you Rainbow in the dark Rainbow in the dark yeah. How's the promotion of, of the record going? Great. I, I'm, I'm very happy with the publicity and promotion of... of um, very pleased a lot of good response and, and had the opportunity to talk about uh, this record with a lot more people than I've, I have before in the past so it's been I'm um, very very pleased very good very good did I did I read that you are going out uh, uh, on some tour dates with brother in the haze yes you, that is correct uh, end of this month into uh, early next month we'll be doing some shows in Arkansas and Texas and, and Louisiana, Alabama, just a, a nice little run. And, 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 you know, this is my first time to getting out there since uh, all the COVID stuff. Uh, so I'm a little nervous, but I'm more excited than anything and, and anxious to, to get in front of some people. And, and we're going to be as safe as, as, as we can. And yeah. We had them on for an episode, um, what, almost two years ago, Wayne? Yeah. Fleetwood Max Rumors. Oh, nice! Did rumors? That's a good one. Uh, even though I'm still, I'm still mad at all of you for crapping, 
crapping on the Christine McVie songs, but other than that. I love, she's underrated. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You wouldn't know by Wayne's, um, by Wayne's scores from. Oh, <laughs> oh I, so. I'm still, I'm still bitter. I'm still bitter. Uh, I gave Songbird a really good score and everybody else crapped on it. So. Oh, man. Oh, I just like Lindsey Buckingham. He's so angry in that record. Yeah, well, I think they're all kind of, uh, I don't want angry. He, he had a right to be angry, I think, oh, in that absolutely. record. Absolutely. Justified anger the best kind. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Um, anything else we want to we want to chat about with uh, with with you, Mondo, about your career or uh, or your new record? No, just uh, my, you can go to my website, mondosignsmusic.com, and you can get all the information on the tour and anything else, and uh, how to get a, a hold of a new record. Um, we should get vinyls here uh, within a couple of weeks or so. And uh, we'll definitely promote that on on social, perfect social media right. and stuff. All right. Um, all you had to say was vinyl, and you got me hooked. So. Oh well, I will save you one. I'll uh, I'll get my order in. Thank God people are buying vinyl again. That's so cool. Yeah, it's it's a it's a double edged sword. Um, you know, when when the the lockdown was starting to happen, I was going on eBay a lot and buying like these lots of records, you know, fifteen or twenty records, and you know, spending I don't know thirty bucks and yeah, you know, adding some some nice vinyl to the collection. You can't yeah. do that anymore. Like uh-huh. people people. I think one of the things that people used their stimulus money for was buying record players. Well, I think that's so, pretty cool. Yeah. What's how how many how many uh, pieces of vinyl do you have? You think? Um, last I kind of looked in my discogs, I think I'm up to about three hundred. Um, okay. And then I don't e- I don't even know how many CDs I've got. Um, I have a friend, a friend who's really into vinyl now. He's he got over a thousand, but he 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 turns them over too. He flips them. But his, I asked him yesterday. I had lunch with him. I go, "What's your favorite? What's your most prized possession on uh, vinyl?" He goes, uh, "It's the original uh, Wildflowers pressing." He got a hold of one of those. He says, "I guess they're pretty rare. Those things." Yeah. Tom yeah. Petty. Um, yeah, it might have I'm, even been a promotional a promotional uh, copy. I don't know if I even really have any what you would call, um, you know, valuable vinyl. Um, I dig through the dollar bins a lot. That's sure. that's my that's my favorite thing to do. So. Well, and you listen to them, so that's better than collecting yeah. them and selling them. Yeah, for sure. All right, so um, tell us what record you chose to revisit for this episode. Okay, to, for for this episode, I chose uh, Jellyfish's Belly Button, which I believe came... Uh, I first heard it when I was in college, but it had already been out a couple of years, and it, uh, I think I knew a little bit, because maybe I saw a video of theirs, um, and I saw a performance of them on... I remember when MTV used to do that spring break thing down in Florida, and they were one of the bands that played, and they were just so different from everybody else at the time. And uh, I think Baby's uh, Coming Back was a song they played. But um, anyway, one of my favorite records of, of all time. And 
I just forget about how important it is to me. Yeah. Were there other records that you thought about that maybe we'd already done episodes on, or was this the one that you're like, nope, I want to do this? Well, I thought about other ones, you know, because you know me, I'm a folky, uh, Texas folky, and I remember a lot of love. It's uh, Pontiac was one I was considering, okay. and then um, the Black Crow's first record, "Shake Your Money Maker," was one. But I, I had figured y'all had already dove, dove into those things, so we've not. Neither one. Oh. Really? Did you see? Oh. Did you see Wayne's Wayne's uh, I, look when you said that's Black Rose? One of Rose? my favorite records of all time. I'm actually I got they canceled the tour last year for obvious reasons, so I'm I'm hoping it goes off this summer. They're going to redo it. The well, you know, you know, there's that ties in with Jellyfish because they went on tour together yeah. for both of those these records, and that was before I was you know really knew who they were. I knew who the Black Crows were. I, I kind of hopped on board with them early on. But I couldn't imagine seeing Jellyfish open for the Black Crows there. It must have been 89 or whatever. Uh, what, a, what a show that would have been. Yeah. yeah. All right. So Belly Button is the debut album from, from Jellyfish. Came out on July 27th of 1990. Um, came out on Charisma Records. And um, I, had to, I had to do a double take on that because that was the label that genesis and peter gabriel and the nice were on back in the 70s um wiki said that that uh charisma was acquired by virgin records uh in 83 so this one i guess was no connection to the original label other okay. than in the name really okay so Thought that was, I saw uh, that too, that Charisma Records, and I was trying to put the pieces or the, you know connect the dots on that one. Yeah, uh, interesting. Um, all right, so I, I did a little research on the on the, the the players on on Jellyfish. So Andy Sturmer and Roger Manning, uh, they were in Beatnik. Is it Beatnik Beach? Beach. I don't know how that it's spelled B A T C H. So I think that's right. I'm assuming that's. And then um, Jason Faulkner was part of the three o'clock. And I didn't know Beatnik Beach. Did either one of you know? I have not met, heard, had no idea. Heard the name. And I only knew the name, the three o'clock. I think they had a song on a compilation disc that I had back in the day, but I. I couldn't even tell you what. Uh, Were these all West Coast bands, pretty much? Um, good question. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Probably I fairly don't know. local to the Bay Area, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I didn't do enough research on Andy and Roger and their solo stuff. Anyone listen to any of their stuff outside of? No. Outside of Jellyfish. No, I know Faulkner did a lot of work with many people. There, uh, and I think he works with Beck some. Okay. Um, but uh, I, I hadn't listened to any anybody solo stuff. Yeah. All right. So this uh, this album did have a number of singles. We'll talk about that as we go track by track. Um, did did have a little bit of um, of uh, chart position. So it was number 124 on the U.S. album charts. Really? So at least it was, you know, in that 
hot one, hot two hundred or whatever. What What was the highest? And if I'm jumping ahead, jumping ahead, excuse me. What was the how, how What was the highest single they had? How high did it go? Uh, it looks like um, if you're looking at only the modern rock chart from from back in the day, um, I don't think they had a a had a hit on the you know the 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 hot 100 the the pop rock r&b you know combined chart um but for the modern rock chart that is why topped at number 11 and the the king is half undressed uh topped out at number 19 okay i remember they played that video uh, for the king is half undressed i think a little more than than some most of their other stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I I don't remember them being on MTV. Like this was a band that um, I'm kind of kicking myself, Wayne, that I haven't been listening to agree. them for for years because look, I'm on record as saying that uh, that the Posies are one of my top five. Uh, top five groups and um, I definitely hear some some posies power pop stuff within some of the songs here so I'm kind of kicking myself that I haven't been listening to these guys for the last you know 25 30 years well they never they never got a lot of play on MTV I mean I saw them a few times but just a few just because I say I saw that one more than others means I might have seen it three times on MTV uh you and was know. that at like 1 a.m.? Probably, you know. Yeah. It's like anything else. Even back then when they would play videos, it's still programmed like like a top 40 station. Yeah. So you don't get to see a lot of uh, deeper cuts and, and or just uh, you can't see everything. And, I, you know, I think that the record came out, and you can even tell when you do look at their videos and live footage, it came out in a weird time for some, maybe a band like this to come out kind of in between you know it was before the the blind melons and and all that you know and it was just kind of it wasn't grunge and you know it was just it was you know maybe they just got caught in some kind of a wrinkle um, yeah definitely like i say hair metal was kind of closing out uh stuff you know then then the seattle stuff came you know yeah so they, and they were just kind of in the middle of that and uh right in yeah. between that if, if they would have been maybe a couple years later they could have been like in that blind blind melon category thing for popularity anyway i think if if this if belly button had came out maybe like when spilt milk did like in 93 or right. so when when things kind of when alternative really kind of took a different turn than than you know alice in chains and right and soundgarden i think I'd, i i gotta believe they would have been huge yeah yeah i spent some time listening to spilt milk so that's the second jellyfish album I hear lots of Queen references in that particular album, um, mm-hmm. and so because of that, I was I was trying to listen to this one with a little bit of that angle. There's some Queen to this one, um, but not as much as Spilt Milk. This one has more Beatles vibe to to me. I think it's uh, there's hints of the Queen. You can see them kind of maybe going a little bit that direction but i definitely see more beatles and badfinger uh, badfinger for sure yeah um and well, I, in fact squeeze i have is a band that i heard i hear squeeze too a times. yeah I see that for sure 
but yeah, I have a live record, a Jellyfish live record from Long Beach um, on vinyl, and I think they cover a Bad Finger song on that. Um, so they would, I think that was a, definitely an influence. Yeah. If you really want a good um, Spotify playlist, so I was listening to this the other day in the car. Um, I let it run out, and you know, after the album is done, Spotify will, you know, uh, create a basically a radio station based off of the album that you're listening to. So, okay. Um, so Squeeze Wayne. So you brought up the Squeeze thing. So the, there was a Squeeze song that was played. Smithereens, World Party, which I think they went on tour with World Party. World Party, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Bad Finger. They also played. Thin Lizzy. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, no. So I don't okay. know how... I don't hear any Thin Lizzy on here, but I, I get it from the power pop um, type, yeah. of, type of sentiment. Is it kind of like Pandora where they take the genome of the, the music and, yeah. and create? Yeah. I can sure. see. I can hear some Thin Lizzy. Now that now that's that's in my head, I can, I can sort of see how that happened. Yeah. All right. Um... Guys, ready to dive in? Go the track by track. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, as a reminder, our scoring is going to be based on number of songs on the record. Wayne, how many songs on this record? Perfect ten. All right. That means our <laughs> top song is going to get ten points. Nick's favorite, nine points on down to lowest score of one, and then we're going to average them all out to determine our top five songs on this album. So let's kick this off. The man I used to be is first. Fight the good fight and time to fail Into battle In your shadow In your time And um, Mondo, did you, did you hear the glee in Wayne's voice mm. When he said perfect 10? Wow no, I think, he, I think he's still irritated that our next our next episode is um, the Ryan Adams double record. So we've got to oh. score eighteen songs for that one. Is it the Love Is Hell? Uh, it is the the one with the Cardinals. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, that's a lot of songs. <laughs> that is a lot of songs. So I, I get it, Wayne. I get it. I love the I love the nice round number of ten. For yeah, what we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. So um, who doesn't like a song that starts out with organ and then kind of morphs into a song that uh, starts? It, it kind of has that feel of you don't own me type of feel. Yeah, I like the sexiness of the song. Um, yeah. 
I, you know, and it's a good, I guess, I, you know, and when we were doing this list, it, I was, I was in between wanting to sequence a record and then wanting to rate a record or make a set list of what works best. It was just so confusing doing this. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, um, maybe it's the fact that I don't think it was a good first track of a, of a record, but I don't, okay. I don't, uh, it's just hard for me to say I don't like any I don't I love all these songs so I you know yeah I I'm the same thing I I not have I was amazed they weren't bigger I loved I did like every song on this record not the only and I love a contradiction and just like you had mentioned sexy this it starts with that churchy organ which you know what the 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 character died yeah so that makes that's perfect but it has this dark sexiness to it and then but so i love a contradiction a la the smiths you know where the music doesn't match the words Mm -hmm. but this but going sexy on a song about a dead guy kind of talking to his 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 uh, you know the children that he never the the son that he never got to be around for yeah i guess when you're that i i wouldn't say it creeped me out or anything it just didn't it didn't like when you're gonna go contradict yourself it's it's usually you know a jangly you know, fun sound and then some lyrics that have a little darker tone. But this yeah. was sexy on Dead Sailor, speaking to it from the grave to his children. Yeah. And that's those are the kind of thing. That's the only kind of things you can use to try to score this because uh, they're all all these songs are good. It's all in a record like this is a bit con- a concept because you feel like it's out of a play or a movie. And this definitely sets us. You feel like a Tarantino movie or something like that. And uh I love this song. I didn't score it. Is this so you scored this? Uh, you like this song, Wayne? As far as oh, I I like all these songs. Right. Now, this is as far as like the, my, this was my lower score. Oh, okay, this okay, me too. This, I, see, I, I see. I gave this a two. Um, I do want to say that 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 harmonic at the end. I, we've listened to a lot of you know like Neil Young and Bob Dylan, and you can overblow a harmonica, and they they kept it nice and subtle, and it yeah. floats into that end part, and it works really well. Like I say, the song I like, I like all the stuff, but just like that breathy, sexy vocal just doesn't go with the words that he sang. That contradiction, that I, I see. Yeah, and I get. What do we do? We get, tell everybody tell their score whenever. Well, I usually get scores, but yeah, <clears throat> Wayne's already jumped the gun and gave his. So <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, Mondo, and go ahead and tell tell us your score. I gave it a three, so I'm not far off from where Wayne was, um, and. Uh, Begrudgingly so, because I like the song. I just, you know, it's 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 three. All right, so this is my eight, and let me tell you the reasons why. So I All love right. I love when titles of songs are not included as part of a chorus. I think he only used the man I used to be once in the second verse, um, and I yep. like that way better than maybe using a title like "Into Battle" or "In Your Shadow." Or, yeah. Your daddy still loves you would be a horrible title of, of that. Of a song. That should have been the name of the record. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Your daddy still loves you. <laughs> um, and and I like that musically there is a ton going on with this. Um, you already brought up the harmonica, Wayne. Um, you've got the harmonica. There's a little bit of xylophone during the interlude, and then the organ, you know, comes in again at some point, and then, and then it ends with a string section. As, as well um so it's I, I i don't know i just really dig the song it also um made me think of 
Have you guys heard the Muses version of Feeling Good? Oh, yeah, sure. So it, it, it kind of reminded me of that, in, you know, with the keys, the starts and stops, a little bit of the vocalization. Yeah. Um, I'm going to guess that Muse heard this song. Yeah, you know what? I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that. And I do like this. The sexiness comes in with kind of those stops and the very airy uh, gives room for the, the lyric and the vocal to breathe. And that's yeah. that's my favorite part of this song, I think, is, is the the sexiness yeah even though it is uh, contradictory lyrically but yeah absolutely all right um next song is that is why This was the second single. I, I brought up chart position. This also had um, on the alternative chart. This was number eleven, and um, that was the only thing that I saw. I didn't see modern rock chart. So yeah. all of those, all of those extra charts back in the nineties all confused me. So um, there we go. <laughs> Wayne, what do you got on this song? Now they this one the this that sexiness is there maybe a little bit it's a, a little less um, but this one's the one that really squeeze I can you know because when their influences there's lots of influences that I hear on this record and I do like the way that none of the songs sound like they're ripping off anybody they're able to use these different influences and at different times use more of one than maybe another. Um, but especially in the harmonies, it's it's got that differed Tilbrook kind of back and forth in the harmonies. Yeah. Um, and then this great George Harrison style guitar riff that kind of comes in towards the end of each of some of the lines. But uh, just great. Like I say, some of the lines, he used, that verse about yesterday was right as rain, but now the forecast is not. There's this great dysfunctional relationship in here that that is is just... It started out just like most. It starts out great, and then somewhere along the line, it loses steam, and you don't know how to get out of it. Yeah. And I just thought he wrote he wrote it very well. Like I say, it doesn't come off cliche. Yeah. I think a lot of times when you have strong verses, and I'm doing this as uh, an excuse for my own writing, <laughs> but if you have strong verses, and I love verses, and I live in a town where it's all about the chorus, but strong verses are hard to follow up because you know if you get a it's hard to beat a strong verse with you know a chorus and this is a hooky chorus and good, good harmonies and everything but the verse to me uh is my favorite part of this song and in the bridge uh wow what a great bridge in this song uh there's so many in this on this record and they're all different but uh, a good bridge on this song yeah all right let's get scores Wayne, what do you got for a score? Oh, seven. All right. Mondo? I gave it a six. Me and Wayne aren't far from each other. Okay. Six. And um, I don't like to say that I'm agreeing with Wayne, but um, I gave this a seven as well. God, y'all are just the same person today, except for the first <laughs> one. <drop>. Well. <laughs> yeah. 
we'll be showing our differences here soon. <laughs> All right, uh, next song is The King is Half Undressed. And this was the first single that was released. Um, and this is the one where I, when I heard this, Wayne, I, I already brought up the Posies thing, but this is so Posey-esque. Like, it's, this is power pop goodness right here. Um, and going back to the, the influences, that middle part is very much Beach Boys pet sounds to me. Yeah. And because of that, I expected that there was going to be a reduction in points from Wayne. But I was wrong. I was wrong. Now, I love this song. And this is the kind of contradiction I love because it has a great XTC. For me, I hear a lot of XTC, XTC in this. for sure. Real, yeah. Yeah. And so it's got this, this poppy uh, kind of sound to it, but these lyrics are a lot darker. And actually, the lyrics look like in a lot of ways, like Roxanne turned upside down, wow. where the the prostitute seems to have a bit of a thing for this for this John, but it's it's a little bit you know dirtier. And one of the things I like about this song is I don't think the drums I think the drums are kept simple <clears throat> in most cases because Andy's the singer, and in this one, especially the way that he's hitting that snare in the chorus, just on on every beat, and then the kick drum where it leads up to the chorus. I think the the drumming on it was a lot more complex than it is on a lot of the other songs. I never thought about it that way. Uh, and it's a, it's interesting you bring that up. Uh, you know, it's weird. Someone, you know, everybody makes lists of uh, the best so-and-so, and then someone's like, make a list of the best uh, drummer singers. And, you know, I forgot about uh, Jellyfish, you know. I don't know technically how great his drumming is, but it just seems to be work really well with the song um yeah so anyway i thought this song i have in my notes that i would have liked this to be, actually be the first track of the record for whatever reason just the okay. way it comes in um and i'm i think it, what happens with songs like this is I, i've seen the video and i just have the video in my head and so many of these songs had no videos to them and you kind of make your own your own image um but yes this this has a, a lot of uh, great elements and, and another another great bridge uh, as well um uh yeah and i like the i like the fact that for the chorus so one of the first times that they do the chorus it's i know it's hard it's it's hard for you to see what lies behind a mystery but the last time he sings that, I know it's hard for you to see the truth behind is misery. So they oh, yeah. so they turn they turn the, the 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 chorus on its head a little bit, um, which yep, I yep they which, do which I dig. So that is I like when when people do things like that. Yeah. And uh... all right, um, this is my four. Mondo, your score. Uh, I gave this a four. And then Wayne? Uh, this was my favorite song. I gave it a 10. All right. Love it. All right. Next song, I Want to Stay Home. To wake me up again. 
I'm looking at scores, and this one's going to be fun. <laughs> All right, uh, Mondo, to tell to tell me what tell me why you like this one. It's one of my favorite bridges of all time, and I'm telling you, it's just it remind and it's it might be in a, in a I'm such a vocal nerd, and I love vocals, and I love harmonies, and one of my guiltiest pleasures is an Atlantic Star song always because of the harmonies, oh, okay. and this has that thing where it does things with the 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 harmony in the bridge that that is just so rare where it goes so many cool places and i just i can play this bridge over and over and over and over and i didn't i slow songs to me i you you know i don't the fact that it's a slow song is probably what i don't know makes it cooler to me and i had struggle i struggled with this one where to put it but i, I just had to give in at, and, and just give it what I thought it deserved. Yeah. And this was covered by Rod Stewart on his box set uh, 71 through 98. Um, I I was today's year years old when I found out that Rod redid this song. Um, and he stays pretty true to it. Um, I, yeah. And I actually, I actually like his version, which... Um, I've been pretty critical of '90s and um, and beyond Rod Stewart, so um, I'm I guess I'm taking a little bit of that back, Wayne. Um, oh, add trumpet to the list of instruments used on this album on this song. Yeah, and uh, and again to to your point about the harmonica, Wayne, of just the right amount of trumpet, I th- it's perfect. Yeah, that's not easy to do. No. And uh, the way it falls in that track is just really cool. It, it just does a whole whole new and different, simple but interesting thing. And, yeah. and you don't hear it much on anywhere else on the record, I no. don't believe. Uh, this was a single. This was their yep. fifth. There was This was their fifth single. Uh, didn't chart in the U.S., but I did see that the U.K. singles chart uh, peaked at number 59 in the U.K., for whatever that's okay. worth. So, um, all right, Wayne. So Mondo has said that this is his, his favorite. This is my nine. <laughs> and so you're right there. So, ex- ex- so explain yourself. Okay. So I think it was, I, I, I have the list of the great, I mean, it's a great song. I, and I, I mentioned the horns too. They, that worked just perfect. And they, the way they mix in the acoustic guitar, um, it, it all, it does sound great. And I guess, all I can say is the alarm clock right after you mention an alarm yeah. clock, that was a little bit. There's hardly, yeah. I mean, it's difficult to do this. It's when I was putting the scores together, It was there's no songs I didn't like. Um, but there's always a letdown after my favorite song. I feel like um, I just listened to the song I really like, and then the next song is just going to have, it's just got a lot to live up to, I guess. Um, but this was ultimately, I guess, this was my least favorite. Okay. That's Whoa. Like the end of the day. Right. I, okay. I, I still like it, and that was the yeah. hard thing about all of these songs. I do like all these songs, but this of them, and I think, and this to their to their credit, actually, this became a very popular theme in I, I feel like in the twenty twenty first century, uh, with you know not getting out of bed and not going right. to you know I'm not going to go out today. I mean, Bruno Mars yeah. had that song it feels like a lot of people had songs so they were ahead of their time so i 
But at yeah. the end of the day, I, I had to give my lo- This was my least favorite. And you, I love the intro, too. I forget. You mentioned the guitars and, and the, the cool intro uh, uh, guitar part um, is another great part of the song. Yeah. Uh, that and the trumpets really make it stand out. And, of course, I keep going back to that bridge. But that bridge is so good. I think they, they you think it's only going to be half as long as it is, and then they write another half to it. I think it's because it just, it just works so well. Um, that's, a, that's the name of your next album, Mondo Signs, Loves a Good Bridge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like it. All right. All right. All right. Next song is She Still Loves Him. And the guitar work towards the end of this song and the keys work throughout it, I dig. Um, uh, Should have bumped it up on the scores for me, but um, overall, this is my, um, this is my least favorite. But I really? Still, but I still like it. But um, yeah, I don't know. Um, maybe it was, it was the letdown for me, Wayne, um, <laughs> for my one stay home because I really dig that song. The controversy. Yeah, Wayne, what do you got on this one? Um, at, and it's funny, is it, it? So it starts with that forty-five seconds uh, of the just great Elton John style piano. And so yeah. originally, I didn't. I guess before I dug into the lyrics, I, I I felt like that left. Like I wanted to see where that was gonna go. But after reading reading the lyrics, it makes total sense that they that she it starts with this great Elton John cool piano and then it abruptly stops, ends, and goes away. Because ultimately, this is about a woman in a, in a relationship in a marriage that has that is is not is not a good place. And, and some of the lines in this are, I mean, they sound kind of fun or upbeat in when he sings it, but they're they're just I mean, belted his love across the room. It's like there are some very heartbreaking lines in it. This is the one that I feel the most Beatle influence, and I think it's because of it's got a very in the harmonies when like the she still loves him part are very Beatle esque, mm-hmm. uh, but much more of like a Paul McCartney Beatle song. Uh, they it does have that, but it has all of that, but in this very unfortunate uh, situation. And then at the end, I I did notice that. They like you had mentioned before. So it's so she recalls the days when they were younger in, in the first time, and that they towards the end, it's he recalls the days when they were younger. The future could heal their wounds. I mean, it's like he does. He's recognizing it in the end. Yeah, how bad it actually is. Which it that's turns a, around. That's a very good. That's very. That's very well written. Well, there's yeah. also a callback for where the the verse of faces aglow as the light from the TV show just separates them now. And then the last, the last verse is a callback to that because it's the, she'll never face this alone. The light yeah. in her eye may be flickering dim. So I felt like that was a little bit of a callback to that TV verse. Yeah. It's definitely like him now. Yeah. 
the first part of the song is her and and what she's seeing, and then that last part is is a, an acknowledgement from him that he recognizes it too, and even may have some so some hope for turning it around. Yeah, I I love this song, uh, I, and and I love like you mentioned Elton John. I thought more of a Billy Joel kind of intro on the thing, but then oh, it yeah. does. Uh, you know, this is when we mentioned Queen earlier. This is where it really kind of, especially when it comes in with that guitar solo, I uh, really felt the kind of a Queen uh, influence there. And uh, and I I keep going back to this record reminds me of a play. And I, this is maybe more than any of the songs reminds me something out of a play where there's a narrator in between scenes just setting, setting it all up, you know, and, yeah. and just kind of... Uh, and uh, the bridge, outstanding bridge, and, and just kind of that interlude outro of, of the bridge and the breakdowns. Um, I loved, I think, the very kind of does, uh, doesn't hold back with any of the arrangements in, in a good way. Um, and I, I really, I like this song a lot. All right. Your score, Mondo? I gave it an eight. Okay. And Wayne? I, and I gave it a four, and if I hadn't already sent my scores in, once I saw that twist at the end, I, I probably would have given gone a little bit higher. But I know you hate when I change the score. So. <laughs> I do. Um, yeah, and this was my least favorite. But um, oh! I feel I feel bad about my score on this one because lyrically, lyrically, I think it's it's spot on. Just musically, it didn't do a whole lot for me. But all right, all right. Next song, "All I Want Is Everything." This is not the first song that they sing about dads. I think we got some daddy issues going on on this album. Maybe Absolutely. That's, maybe that's what they should have called it instead of belly button. It should have been <laughs> daddy issues. Um, considering that he brings up the Beatles in the second verse, I felt like the drumming on this one is the most Ringo-esque on the record. Yes. No. Yeah, I love I love the double time drums. I think it has the most energy uh, in that sense. And um, I'm not a big name droppery person. When people actually drop the names of bands in songs, they do a lot here in Nashville, and it just really bugs me. <laughs> um, uh, and the chorus, the chorus on this one didn't really match the energy of the of the the driving beat to me. Yeah. Um, Wayne, you got anything on this one? Well, the first thing I'm going to say is I love Cheap Trick. Ah, uh, yes. So that's I, and I know that uh, especially that first line has a very Rick Nielsen feel to it, especially that early 
I, even the, the first Cheap Trick record. Um, but yeah, I as I I'd scored it and I was listening to it again, and it's it is much simpler. But I just love the the beat is infectious, and it it does have this great Cheap Trick feel to it. And then I I know that the Beatles were a big influence on Cheap Trick, so the mentioning of it. Uh, Yes, I thought that was a bit over the top, and especially the way they they kind of do a Beatle harmony in that that be so swell right after yeah. the name drops yeah. the Beatles. Yeah. So I get it; it's all over the top, and I could absolutely see this scores being lower for somebody else. But just the way it just once again another one of their influences is kind of maybe getting a little bit more exposure than some of the others in this song. And, but I, I couldn't. I'm such a huge Cheap Trick fan. I just loved it. Yeah. Um, and the lyric that you're referencing is the "Ever since I was a twinkle in my father's pants, yeah. they told me I could have it all and more when given chance." Is that the one that you're referring to? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that sounds like something Rick Nielsen would have totally. put in some of the some totally. some early of the songs. But uh, it's yeah. just three and a half minutes of fun. Yeah. All right. Um, scores, Wayne. What do you got? A nine. Okay. This is my five. And then Mondo. I gave it the one. Okay. We're all over the place on this one. I love it. All right. Uh, Now She Knows She's Wrong is the next song. one that we all kind of agree this is a upper echelon song this was also a single this was the fourth single released and um my notes here say surprise another song about sex yeah because that's pretty much um yeah there's always at least one reference um shortest song on the ref on the record at two minutes 36 seconds um you you mentioned earlier, Mondo, about sequencing and, and whatnot. Um, what do you guys think about the sequencing of how this song comes in from All I Want Is Everything and then goes into Bed Spring Kiss? That's that's just kind of full spectrum right there in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think... Oh, God, this, this song to me is more like the showstopper Broadway... Almost you feel like the Rockettes are going to be kicking while this song's playing <laughs> uh, in a good way. Uh, and just all this, you know, definitely just a hooky chorus. A lot of, uh, a little bit of more Queen, not too much influence, but definitely something out of a play and a super, super strong bridge. Um, it just seems like an event, you know? Almost like Ru- Rufus Wainwright has that ability to just make you feel like you're at Broadway. Uh, when, when in one of his songs and i think this has that element um d- definitely different than the next track for sure uh but uh I, li- I like this song and probably my favorite lyrics on on the record um wayne this one also has a very rick nielsen um reference to me with it hardly seems worth a baby too late in asking why he juggled his honesty with two balls and an alibi. 
juggled. That's, that's not jiggled. Th- I, I didn't say jiggle. <laughs> it sure sounded like you did. Juggle the you jiggle balls. You don't juggle balls. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Um, Wayne, what do you got for a score? Yeah, I, I, I gave it an eight. I love this song. It, 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 it's absolutely a single. Um, lyrically, when I look through it, it's, it's a little more, it feels complex um, with that first verse about the 20 years going by. It, it, the now she knows she's wrong doesn't necessarily feel sarcastic. It feels uh, desperate like now. Maybe loneliness loneliness has gotten to her, and she's willing to overlook some of those things, like the uh, he got swallowed up by the cracks before he understood what was the one. Oh, he worked working late until the morning, spending so much cash. Feels like she's willing to overlook some of those things now, just to make this loneliness go away. Yeah, it reminds me of you remember that movie something about Mary, where the music the band would start playing in between scenes, just kind of talking about what's happening now and gonna you know. It's just kind of what that reminds me of. And I keep going back to a play. Uh, it just seems like something that just, just kind of letting you know what's going on, an overview and, and what's to come sort of thing. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, Mondo, your score? I gave it a seven. All right, this is my six. All right, next song is Bed Spring Kiss. It's quiet as a church mouse. And uh, Wayne, get us started on this one. It is possibly the sweetest sounding Junkie Kills His Girlfriend song I can ever remember hearing. And this is why I threw it over to you first. All right, go ahead. <laughs> uh, and like I say, I love the... I love the Bedspring kiss. I love it when somebody comes up with a combination of words that nobody would have, I don't know, that, that anybody's ever thought of. And yet it creates this vision. I mean, uh, to me, uh, after you know, listening to the song and reading the lyrics and, and that phrase just puts me in this dirty, cheap motel where they don't even have a mattress. It's just a bedspring with two junkies laying on it by a candlelight. It just, he creates so much. You feel this, like, you feel like you're there words. almost in that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like in the corner watching the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I love the Latin rhythm beat and it's almost the way it's recorded. It's a little more a lower fire or something that just, it just feels like it's more something out of a, you hear out of a cassette player. Uh, and yes, the very, it's almost like the chorus uh, contradicts the verse, and it's more like a, almost a James Taylor-y sweet walk down kind of thing, but uh, it's just such a killer, uh, once again, a Tarantino, like a scene out of a Tarantino movie. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, you feel like you're there in the, in the, with the junkie, the junkie, you know, bedroom there. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you why it didn't score high for me. So that Latin beat or marimba beat or whatever that is that you brought up, Mondo, mm-hmm. it, it reminds me of an electric organ that my mom had in the 70s. Oh, were they, you had all the buttons you press, like which one? Yeah, like, it had the, the program colors. beats to it. We all had that play. organ. We all had oh, that <laughs> It It, it kind of gave me flashbacks to that. <laughs> Just think so, what our parents thought. I mean, that must have bugged the heck out of them. <laughs> thinking right. <laughs> kept us entertained but they were like oh if they play that one more time 
Yeah. It does it yeah. does kind of remind me of that. Maybe that's yeah. what they played it on. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. All right. Um, so this is my two. Wayne, your score? A six. And then Mondo? I gave it a five. Okay. And I, I you know what? In my head, I kind of, I don't know. I just thought it, it somewhere in the middle, but it was just so different. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of kind of in the middle for me. Yeah. All right. Next song, Baby's Coming Back. This was the third single on the record. Um, on the Billboard Hot 100, this was uh, peaked at number 62. Wow. And it, let me tell you the reason why this is my favorite, favorite song on the record. Um, hand claps. That's it. <laughs> Just hand no, claps. And it's, it creates, there's this great Temptations kind of sound to it. Yeah. And I think the hand claps and the woohoos. All feed into that. Uh, it's just, and like I say, the bad boy gets the girl by promise and he'll change it. Is that's a classic theme. I mean, uh, it just sounds. This is one of those ones I, I would have loved to have had higher, but I, I just I because I love everything about this this song. I'm surprised. Has anybody oh, covered this song? I wonder. Oh, somebody, some British McFly, I think was the name of the group. Because uh, it just some sounds British like something did. it would be covered over and over. It's just such a should be. Yeah, um, I love. Uh, uh, yeah, the, the claps are great. I love the fact that it just kind of like it's it's kind of linear in the fact that it's all one speed, but it's just it's just so hooky and 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 I love this song. Um, pro- it was hard not to put give this my favorite score. Yeah, and I'm assuming that uh, when he said I I said knock three times when you arrive. I'm assuming that's a reference to Tony Orlando and Don. <laughs> it's got to be. It's got to be, yeah. right? Wow, be. I didn't think so. Yeah, I love that. I listened to that song this morning just because I was listening to this again. That'll see, that's a good song to wake up to, get you coffee on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that gets you in a mood. Gets you yeah. in a mood for sure. All right, Wayne, anything, anything else on this song? Before we get scores? No, it's just another example of how they take their influences. Like I said, I don't, this doesn't sound like, a temptation song but it, i can hear where you know uh the thing you uh, that thing you do is is in there it's a song they've heard and a song they love and like i say that's one of the things i loved about this record is they they take all these inf- these varied influences and they you know some of them show up more than others in different songs but at no point do they ever really sound like they're ripping anybody off yeah. or trying to sound right. necessarily like anybody specific I brought up the Queen thing. The intro on this um, gives me a little bit of a crazy little thing called love vibe. Oh, yeah. So, 
that's the only only Queen reference that I felt was on this particular record. But um, yeah, I love the vocal responses too. Um, yeah, in this song, it just it adds to the energy in a cool way. And yes, that intro, very much so. That Queen. Now that you mention it, yeah, love it. All right, I already told you my favorite song, Mondo. Oh, sorry, those are Bachelorettes driving by. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, it was hard for me not to give this a, the best. I gave it a nine. Okay. Just because you don't have, you know how I feel about my top score, but uh, absolutely, yes, nine. All right, Wayne. I gave it a five, but I say I don't. I don't necessarily on this thing. It was hard to to juggle around everything. Yeah. Everything already starts from such a high point, but. Yep. All right. Yeah. So let's wrap this up. This is last song on the record. This is Calling Sarah. here say i get a very bad finger vibe with this one yeah i like that definitely uh the pocket in the verse is just very very cool um just a solid song um i think that once again the verse is hard to beat uh which might have been any criticism i'd have with it but uh yes bad finger for sure Wayne, what do you got on Calling Sarah? Yeah, and I never really put my finger on it, but I definitely, I now that you say that, because I'm thinking like... Pun intended with, a, the didn't have my finger on it? <laughs> was it a bad yeah, finger, I, I just had a... It was a bad finger. A, yeah. It was a naughty, naughty finger. Yeah. All my fingers are. Uh, <laughs> but it, it had, I had that, seven, that early 70s kind of radio... Yeah feel to it and i never put a specific i could never in my mind put a specific band to it but um so thank you for that but uh i've lost my track but i i I like how the bass finally gets a little bit of love there it kind of show kind of shines in the beginning of the song um and i felt bad that all i had was a three left to give it all right i think it's a good album closer as well let me tell you the the reason why nice way to go out yeah, so the closing of the song, you know, the bottom kind of falls out of it and then fades out with the organ. I feel like that was a nice bookend with the organ because we start the album with the organ as well. So you kind of have that bookend right. of the organ That is a feel. bookend, for sure. Um, so I, I liked it. Um, my score probably doesn't reflect it, but um, I did dig this song a lot. Um, I just ran out of numbers. Yep. This is my three. Uh, Wayne? Also a three. Okay. And then Mondo? I gave it, I gave it a two for similar uh, reasons. Not, not enough real estate out there to, to put it anywhere else. <laughs> All right. Um, so this is the point where I say, did we cover everything? Did we miss anything? 
Wayne? I think we've given it more attention than anybody else, which is a shame. Like I say, I, I, having heard this record, I, it's a band I know I've heard the name, but I listened to a lot of alternative radio in the in the mid '90s. Um, I'm just after listening to it, I was just shocked that it that it wasn't that it wasn't bigger than it isn't a yeah. something that I'd heard before. Yeah, agreed. I think it's one of those which some of my favorite music is uh, you, you you play it for people and you, you're just assuming they're not going to like it as much as you at first but the more they hear it they kind of if they know anything you know I don't want to sound like say it like that but if they they have good sense of, of music and musicality it's hard not to just love love this this record this band yeah. Yeah. agreed um, and for the like I keep going back to the time they came out it was just so uh, unexpected yeah, for sure. Oh. All right, um, let's look at our top songs on the record. Uh, figure out what our what our top five is. Um, any guesses on number one? Oh, we're all over the place. So. Maybe baby's coming back. I don't know. Baby's coming yeah. back. Average score of eight. That's our top song. Huh. We've got uh, now she knows she's wrong. That was an average score of seven. That's our second. We've got a tie for third with a 6.66 average score. So I want to stay home. And that is why. So the, that's our uh, our tie for third. Um, that's mostly because Wayne tanked. <laughs> I want to stay home. With his, I'm sorry. <laughs> I keep giving you, just, keep giving you crap about yeah. that. Be quiet over here. I knew that was coming up. And then uh, because of Wayne's top song, uh, The King is Half Undressed. That is rounding out our top five. Okay. We got an average score of six. That's a pretty solid top five, right? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. When their when they're first single is the fifth song, uh, that's a good thing, you know? Yeah. Well, this was fun, Mondo. Yeah. yeah, I'm. You know what? This has been beyond fun for me, and what a cool thing y'all do. Because uh, it is all about the music at the end of the. Good for me to get out of my own head too. Uh, so and just just revisit something that I fell in love with so long ago. Yeah. And and hopefully, you know, part part of why we're doing this is bringing up records that maybe people have forgotten about. Or, yes, or never knew about yeah, or never, never knew, knew about. about like like we only kind of knew the name and didn't really dig deep and now this is this is a record that um i'm gonna listen to again for sure oh absolutely yeah, yeah me too yeah all right mondo um since we got hooked up with you from from uh, a referral from adam Wright, so i'm uh i'm asking you the same question that we asked adam so who do you know that i don't know that should come on this podcast to talk about one of their favorite records. Oh, so many people, but uh, my good buddy who also collects vinyl and is an amazingly talented musician and dear friend, Jed Hughes, would be a wonderful person. Okay. Did you say Jed or Judd? Jed. J-E-D-D. Hughes. Okay. We will we'll, we'll chat offline. Make that happen. Yeah. Cool. That would be good. All right. So, so tell people. I think you you promoted um, promoted yourself a little earlier, but uh, tell people about again. as much as I possibly can. <laughs> for a moment. Tell tell people where they can find uh, all the happenings of uh, of uh, Mondo Signs. Well, go to my website mondosignsmusic.com, and uh, 
you know, the new records up of digital and all the platforms. We have a limited amount of CDs available for sale. You can go to my website. To, and then vinyl, your favorite word, Absolutely. vinyl will be will be coming soon. And we will definitely have some signed copies uh, available and all that. Cool. All right. As a reminder, you can find all of our old episodes by going to recordsrevisitpodcast.com. Of course, we're on the socials. You can find me on the Facebook page. Just search for Records Revisit Podcast. I'm also manning the Twitter, which is at Podcast Records. Wayne, you're on the Instagram. At Records Revisited Podcast. Pretty simple. And then, of course, please go subscribe and rate or review us on all of your major platforms that you can find quality podcasts like this one um yeah that's it so thanks for listening please go support the arts i would tell you to go to a live show but um you know we're just getting back out there so support your favorites on any of the live streaming events that that they do and um when you do see some live music you know mask up be safe out there make sure you buy a t-shirt of the band buy a record We are Records Revisited, and we are out. Out.